When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Danger, danger, there's high voltage here on 99 Potions Fanbytes premiere RPG podcast. It's like a nuclear war on the dance floor, and I am here to take you to a gay bar. John Warren, head of large at fanbyte.com. Um, I'm here. I'm here live at the Taco Bell to report that there is a fire at the Taco Bell. Okay, interesting. Okay. Uh, well, we can always uh, leave the Taco Bell and go down at McDonald's instead, uh, <laughs> as long as we can fight our way past the dance commander, because I'm Stephen Strum, uh, senior managing editor of fanbyte.com. Nobody else is joining us this week. No, this is like a, this is like a, a 1v1 mm. uh, fight me hand-to-hand combat. It's just Stephen. It's just John. We're here to debate. Uh, one topic for the next hour and a half, and it is, I should have done a better job thinking of this bit before I said it. It I mean, is, what's the best Electric Six song? I mean, would kind of fit with the, like, general no, vibe that we started with. I got it. I got it. I'm sorry. I got it. It's, who did Jason Todd vote for? <laughs> to me, your, your reaction um, got eaten by Discord, so it just sounded like you were falling into a vortex, which is like the perfect, which is like the perfect. Uh, no, we're we're going to talk about just random games I'm this time. Falling into the Lazarus pit <laughs> and it turned me into a weird MAGA coal roller. No, why I do I have this haircut? I was about to say, I can't believe that the new Batman game is just chuds, but I'm like, no, I guess I can believe that. The thing about the new Batman game is, is that like the kid, it's a new Batman game, but it's not actually Batman. You know, it's it's like, it's Jason Todd, Damian Wayne, um, Barbara Gordon and Dick Grayson, which are like some of the, I I would say honestly, from like a, a, because at DC, if the, all the big characters are basically just always given to like the like pretty safe bets generally, things like yeah. you know, Batman and whatnot. Yeah. Um, things like or like not things like characters like those on the on the sides are like in this weird sort of uh middle ground where they need to keep putting out a Nightwing comic every 
month because it's like too big of a character not to, but nobody yeah. really cares. So the writers are kind of allowed to just kind of do whatever they want for yeah. the most part. And so you get actually some pretty good, interesting stuff out of there. Uh, Mike Williams of fanbite.com is a huge Dick Grayson fan, for instance. And like, they, they really play up the whole, like he's like this funny, sexy, uh, boy kind of thing like that. And they kind of, they've done a lot more stuff like that in uh, of late too. Like Batgirls yeah. is a new series about like two, new character not new characters cassandra's canes not that new yeah well i mean so we weren't actually gonna talk about gotham knights but since we did see some new footage i do want to talk to you about it a little bit because it is rpge Um, oh yeah it's a loot game yeah and i mean uh this morning i i when we were recording this on wednesday i woke up this morning to uh a pitch from our brand new intern charles hart and uh he he was like I want to talk, I want to write about how the very first game in that series was super tight and laser focused and really really good and then every subsequent game is layered something on top of it that's made it fundamentally worse which I I think is another you know is is an idea that a lot of people have shared but I was like yeah that's true and I want to think about that because now that we are in Gotham Knights era, which by the way, four four different characters in this thing, but only two player co-op. Do you think that at some point they were like, we gotta do four, and then figured out that they couldn't do two, they couldn't do four and just switch to two? Because that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, I don't know. Like the only thing I can think is that like that combat system to cr- to put enough enemies on screen. Oh my god! Yeah, where you, where you would like to have enough stuff for four players to do at any given time feels weird. Probably feels wrong. Yeah. So like, or not weird or wrong. It just feels like it's probably more than would be like technically feasible. Not to mention those games. Like by the time you get to Arkham Knight, especially those yeah. games are so fucking rotten with like, not just stuff like the, the Batmobile stuff. That's not very fun. And, and you know, like think like systems like that, that game is just like, there are 27 different types of enemies and uh-huh. like, well, but this guy's got a shield and he's uh-huh. got body armor. So I uh-huh. can't use a piercing attack to him from the front. But if I wait for him to attack me, I can punch his shield and that'll cause a counterattack. And then I can slide under his legs, not doing the normal counterattack. I have to slide under the legs to do that and then attack him from behind. And that will deal damage to him. But then this other guy over here has a red icon over his head, which means he's going to do an unblockable move, stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. by the time you get to the end of that game, it's just such a mess of just like like sensory overload is set in a world that looks like a Zack Snyder movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, so everybody does. is like in tactical black gear in a black city at night. Uh-huh. And it's like hard to tell what you're even looking at. Uh-huh. The idea of doing that with enough enemies <laughs> on screen to have four people engaged at nightmare. all times sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. And, and the, the other thing, cause on, uh, on stream, uh, the other morning uh, we were watching the trailer and, I keep saying trailer. It's 14 minutes of gameplay. You can go check it out. I think we posted a piece on it. Um, but they 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 show off Red Hood, who's Jason Todd, and they show off Nightwing. And Nightwing's got those two little pipes, two little sticks that he fights yep. with. And and he play, he plays like Batman from those Arkham games. Like when you when you watch Nightwing, I I'm guessing both he and Barbara Gordon bat bat Batwoman or is it Batgirl? She's Batgirl. Batwoman Batgirl. is <clears throat> fuck. What is her name? Actually, I forget her name. She's like Batman's cousin. Right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Jordan, keep all this in. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> um, I am Catherine Kane. Okay. Thank you. Um, we like, I'm guessing that those two play 
like you would expect Batman to play from those Arkham games. Red Hood has like ranged weapons and and Merritt brought up made the observation that like Nightwing is so magnetic, like he is magnetizing to these enemies from like across the, the screen and what I I'm what I'm supposing is happening is that because they can't balance gameplay individually for four different play styles, especially if you're going to use two of them at once, they've set all the enemies back about like fucking six feet from where they should be to accommodate for the range stuff as well as the melee. But the melee looks fucking crazy because it's like they're just – like Nightwing is just fucking double, triple pirouetting through the air to get to just a normal enemy every single time. And it's like, it is so fucking unbelievable and it looks weird. Um, and also just the, the normal observations uh, that you made that made me laugh so fucking hard in the, in the, in during the gameplay, the commentator, I think is like the, the game director is like, Red Hood uses non-lethal rounds, and then they cut to Nightwing, who's engaged in a battle, who kicks a guy off a building, like, literally two <laughs> seconds later, and he made a tweet about it, and I was like, I went back and watched it, and it really is exactly that. It's like, Red Hood uses non-lethal rounds, he's just, pl- like pumping some guy full of lead and it just cuts to Nightwing kind of kicking a guy off a building. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, yeah, I mean, come on now. I'm sure they're doing the Spider-Man thing of just like, and when he kicks him off, a bat tracer (laughs) pops out of him and he sticks to the wall and he's fine, actually. And then the cops will come and pick him up later. Yeah, they'll scale the they'll scale the 10 story building and cut this guy (laughs) down instead of just leaving him there to rot like the cops would actually do. Um, It's it's so weird. It's so weird. It's such a weird thing. It's a weird. So this is actually the first time I realized apparently people have known this for a while. I didn't realize that this is not a continuation of the lore of the Arkham games at all. Like, I thought this was a sequel of sorts. Now, now who has said I mean, I'm not trying to call anyone out who said that because that that it's not or that it is that it's not because the entire premise of this game is Batman is gone, which is how the. Arkham Knight right. ends up. That's how that ends. Yeah. And also, it ends with Jason Todd being dead, and in Arkham and Gotham Knights, are like, oh, they revived Jason Todd. Right. Like, he literally has supernatural powers because he came back from the dead. Which is a thing that happened to him in the comics, too. In the So in Arkham Knight, they retconned his origin story to be different uh, than it is in the comics. In the comics, he was brought back from the Lazarus Pit. Just like mm. Al Ghul, Rachel Ghul, whatever, however it's pronounced. And... Uh, because the Joker killed him. In Arkham Knight, the last Rocksteady video game from 55 years ago, um, he, they retconned it so the Joker pretended to kill him, but actually like kept him alive in a cave and tortured him for a year. And then he went off and said, like, I hate Batman because the Joker tortured me. I don't know why that matters. And then he came back as the Arkham Knight. And then at the end... Um, he is revealed to be the Red Hood and then dies. And I that seems to be a completely different. 
I've I've read they, a bunch they, of yeah. Like, you're you're right. You're right. So although WD WB Montreal did work on this is from uh, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean this is from a publication that I'm not sure I've ever ever seen before. Okay. But we're just gonna go for it. Um, although this is from RadioTimes.com. Uh-huh. Although WB Montreal did work on Batman Arkham Origins and several other tie-ins to Rocksteady's Arkham franchise, it has been confirmed. That Gotham Knights is not a sequel to Arkham Knight, and Batman will not appear in Gotham Knights as a playable character. As far as we know, here's my problem, though. If you have a game called Gotham Knights, and it plays exactly the same as Arkham Knight, and it continues the the narrative thread of Jason Todd is Red Hood, uh, tried to kill Batman, Batman dies at the end of Arkham Knight, spoilers for this five-year-old well, game or whatever does he really but yeah, oh, sure right so they never say the death of batman they say the loss of batman in right. in all this stuff so presumably he comes back yes um but like how are how is this publisher how is warner going to say that this isn't like that's a marketing disaster right if it's really not a continuation of that story then what are they like what the fuck are they talking about this is right. all very confusing to me um, and, but yeah, well, cause in like those games, maybe they, cause they've, they've done this in the comics too, where they've changed the, the like, Oh, whatever. Lazarus pit fixes anything. He looks yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. A, he looks completely different right. in this. It, it was a very funny image yesterday where we saw pictures of Jason Todd and he looks like this weird crew cut looking Patriots fan, uh, big linebacker weekend warrior type dude. Whereas in the, um, Arkham Knight, when his face is revealed, he looks, you know, basically like a version of Jason Todd, which is just a, yeah. a dude, really. Jason Todd in the comics is just kind of a guy. Um, he's not actually a very good character either. Uh, Red Hood. Right. Uh, Jason Todd, all of like that stuff was fine. Under the Red Hood was actually pretty cool uh, back in the day. But the, the Red Hood solo comics and stuff like that they've done in the years since have always been almost universally terrible. They're not actually. Mm. So like the, the degree to which I care is actually pretty low <laughs> to a certain degree. Like, like you can do interest, you can do different stuff with him. I don't really, I don't really mind that at all. The thing is that like, this feels like such a wild decision to like, cause he's kind of a, when he becomes red hood, he's kind of like a, you know, hard drinking. He's played by Jensen Ackles in like the animated version of yeah. um, the movie oh, under the red hood. And it's like, he's kind of a hard drinking uh, garbage man, you know, sewer boy, bounty hunter, Casey Jones esque cut type ah, figure. Sure. And I feel like you could do like it is 2022 and the world has never been more ready for just a d- garbage boy that you make hot and like <laughs> lives in the fucking sewer and has greasy yeah. hair and is a disaster of a human being, but you just queer code him and do all that stuff. And instead they've gone in this completely other direction by like m- making him this jacked up military dude, almost looking he, like, I, so I, strange. Isaiah, Isaiah Colbert over at Kotaku uh, is, I think the only one that said this, but uh, looks like one of the small soldiers. Yeah, no, he looks like Chip Hazard. He looks like Chip Hazard from Small Soldiers, which I was like, yep, that's exactly what it looks like. Um, Also, in in the the Arkham games, Barbara Gordon was Oracle. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, yes, it, it makes sense that yeah, because Barbara Gordon is Oracle, and that uh, the, the the leap from Oracle to Batgirl would be very big in that continuity. Um, she, for, did for she show up reasons. in a DLC at some point as Batgirl again? Yes, she does. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it would it would require some steps, but like, 
I don't know. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit like the FIFA EA thing, not to get too out of uh, um, RPGs for a second, but it's really weird that, you know, FIFA is going to lose a license to their soccer game, but they're just like, no, but we're going to make a FIFA game and everyone's going to be confused and we're going to make the best one. And everyone's like, okay, sure. It's just kind of strange to me to, for this publisher to be like, we're going to make a game called Gotham Knights. That sounds a lot like Arkham Knight. Uh, Batman's dead in that other continuity and he's also dead here, but it's not the same. Right. It's definitely not the same. Like, why wouldn't you go in a totally different direction then? It's very strange up and down. Like the it's whole, very the weird whole game. I don't really understand the, I, it, it has the feeling that like, uh, like also, I honestly kind of feel the same way about suicide squad, that new game where it's yeah, just like, right. This is, this has been in a weird limbo production hell where it's like, if that, had, if it, it was coming out now, or if it was, you know, and if it, you know, it had been in development up until this point, it had come out two weeks ago. I'd be like, okay, sure. Or even, but like the fact that it's not out, this is the first real gameplay they're showing. So it's still a ways out. Yeah. And like, it feels to me like this is probably the result of the uncertainty around WB and the licenses and stuff like that, yeah. where they're in that weird yeah. situation where WB wants to sell all of its studios, but wants to retain all their IP. Yeah. Which is like good fucking luck with all that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think everything is in this, kind of weird limbo. So anything DC related coming out in the video game space feels very much, very strange right now, honestly. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. In a similar place. Yeah. Mortal Kombat in a similar place. Like I, I am a fan of the Arkham games. Like I oh, really yeah. am. I, I think like, you know, I, I think they did get precipitously worse. Like I do think like, I know a lot of people really liked Arkham city. I liked it a lot less because it was just not focused on the, action and kind of stealthy stuff that made Arkham Asylum just like very special to me. Um, but, but like, you know, that was fine. Arkham Knight also fine. It's just that they added so much bullshit into these games. Yeah. Um, even Arkham I think Origins, Arkham Knight is a bad game. I, I think Arkham Knight is fine. I don't think it's bad, but I do think it is, uh, it, it is bloated in a way that if the, if, if the weather is slightly different one day, I'll be like, yeah, this game, this game is bad. It's teetering. Mm. It's teetering for me. But um, but it's like th these studios and the, the, these folks made Arkham Origins, which like uh, gets a bad rap because it's not, you know, the team that really it's not rock steady. But it's like, right. um, but I, I think it's good. One, it's a Christmas game and I'm a sucker for those. Yeah. Um, and two, it's like it's it's a little bit like Arkham City. There are more plausible reasons for me that the city would be empty and and whatever. And so it it kind of worked for me. But yeah, I like I like these games. I like this team. I just don't understand what this game is. And to to really get into the RPG element of it, and we can drop it and move on to something else. It seems oh. like they have layered a an extensive. And pro I'm going to guess uh, marginally interesting uh, loot system on top of everything. So, like <sighs> yeah. in those old, in those Arkham games, you could get new bat suits, but they were all aesthetic. Like yeah, it was they were cosmetic, all, like no. totally cosmetic, and and that was really cool. You could play as like Batman the animated series, like Kevin Conroy. Uh, uh, you know, it's like that suit or like, There's like uh, a gray ghost suit in there. And yeah. Stuff like, like that, I think they had, they had some really cool shit. And I really liked that. 
But in this one, it appears that all of them do slightly different things. And it's just it just looks like Stranger of Paradise to me, where it's like, just hit the optimize button. I'm not going to look at all of this shit. You know, like I guess but, just put me in the stuff that works the best. I don't know. This is it, it's just these systems are getting so uninteresting to me. Yeah. This this particular style of game does not need no. a stat in it that says plus three toxic damage. Nope, it doesn't. Which is, or toxic damage resistance or whatever. It's just like, oh my God. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. It's like, I don't care about that stuff in brawlers. I think, like I saw some people kind of pointing out this thing. Like, I don't think destiny has a perfect loot system by any stretch, but like, at least with destiny, if you're getting or borderlands or whatever, when you're getting loot, um, you are, getting perks that make that loot feel functionally extremely different. Yeah. And I, one of the reasons that like Luton's like a, probably what is going to end up being the closest comparison in terms of like a loot game that is also a brawler is Marvel's Avengers. Mm. One of the, one of the problems with that game, besides the fact that like your loot has no cosmetic value whatsoever is just like, all it's doing is changing numbers around. It's not making the game feel any different ever. I'm not, right. I'm not excited to pick up a new piece of loot, uh, because all it's going to do is maybe make a, one number slightly higher than the other. It's not like the reason that that stuff works in cooperative and, um, single player type stuff is because it can, you know, fundamentally change the way that the game flows, you know, uh, uh auto rifle and destiny that has like, um, you know, whatever subsistence or something on it like that plays differently, at least marginally so or and can change your play style and how you want to approach a conflict versus that and like whereas this it's just going to be i am blocking hit this attack and it is the exact same type of block i'm always doing i am punching this guy and it is the exact same type of punch i'm always doing unless you know maybe i'm wrong maybe maybe they are really genuinely super changing it around but i don't think that's the kind of game that this is it just feels like no. it's there because you like it's a WB game and WB fucking loves live service game bullshit inside yeah. of single player and cooperative games. Like you remember yeah. Shadow of War. Oh um, my god, that was. I mean, Justice yeah. Two was all booty. Oh up my too. god, yeah. I mean, you talk talk about. Oh wow, wow, you're right. They they really have a sequel problem. Like more than anything else, because like it, they've never met a, a game franchise that had a successful debut that they haven't thought, how can we make this worse? Um, yeah. Shadow of War is an amazing example of a game. I thought Shadow of Mortar was really interesting. The Nemesis system is really cool. Uh, it is it is egregious they have not. They went to the fucking trouble of patenting that system. It is egregious they have not put that in other games. Um, yeah. Like, what the fuck is the point? If you're going to patent this, use it. And you're certainly not going to use it on a fledgling uh, Lord of the Rings series after you fucked up Shadow War so bad. Anyway, the, neither here nor there. Yeah, but they, 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 on, like they put too. all those systems in Shadow of War. They put all those systems in Injustice 2, and now they just keep layering systems into this shit. I just go back to basics. Y'all got it right the first time. Yeah, I and, uh, like I don't know, like uh, when can you think of an example where like we can we can maybe use this to um, move on to other stuff? Like, can you think of an example where this type of stuff has been implemented into a game of this style? One of that is not like there's no raid in 
Gotham no. Knights, to my knowledge. No. It's not like you're building to an end game in this way. Has there ever no. been a game where like people have been like, yes, this is what I'm hitching my wagon to, and I'm excited to see this screen that shows plus three toxic resistance on, uh, bat, you know, uh, I almost called him Bat Boy. I mean, um, de- definitely, not thi- definitely not this type of game, no. I mean, right. you know, when you play a Hades or a Rogue Legacy or you know, a, a, a roguelike. I mean, like when, when you, yeah. when you're basically rolling these individual playthroughs, that stuff can matter, you know, but if you're talking about 50 hours into what is essentially a, a single player narrative experience, no, I don't think anybody's, you know, doing that. And I didn't do that with stranger paradise either. Um, yeah. so yeah, no, none of the stuff is, especially with the rate at which you pick up loot in these little changes. Like, I feel like if these things were, Patterned more like, you know, they can still be randomized, but patterned more like, you know, like with with higher margins. Like, you know, you don't get them as often, but when you do get them, yeah, they're, they're significantly different. You know, like you can randomize the stats of them, but they need to be significantly different from what you've got. Otherwise, you know, th- this shit doesn't matter, especially in the end game of one of these narrative games. So. Well, Hades is such a good example because Hades isn't a loot game. Hades has like no. modifiers. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to, it's like, I'm going to go into this fight. I'm going to have this weapon. It's going to be this sword. And then I'm going to get things that like make the way that I play the, the basic combat of like, I'm going to be using this sword is going to always be the same. Uh, or I will add stuff to it. That is just like, well, I'm going to be using this sword, but now I'm going to be dodging a ton while using the sword. Cause it leaves lightning puddles in my trail that damage enemies. And then I can swap enemies around or whatever, or then like, like, you know, 15 hours into that game, you unlock the ability to like have completely different versions of that sword and whatever. And that's just not right. like the games that these are yeah, the game no. that this is like Marvel is not that this is not mm. that like, nope. the, the closest thing you could have done with the Marvel game is like, oh, the characters play super, super different, but mostly they don't. They don't. Yeah, they 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 all functionally do the same things per character and you just strip, you know, you just layer a new series of animations on top of all of it. Yeah. So anyway, we didn't plan on talking about Gotham Knights, but it no. was good to get that out of my system. Uh, but we did want to talk about some other uh, RPGs we've been playing lately. Um, you've been playing Loot River, which I think is one of those games. On, it's on Xbox Game Pass, so you can go check it out right now. Um, it's a game with a really interesting premise. Do you want to talk about it? Because you're the one that's played it uh, out of the two of us. Yeah, it is a Game Pass ass Game Pass game. Do you know what I mean by that? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. It has do. a super cool premise, actually. Like, it is basically, like, I think the original pitch that I got for it in, like, a PR email was, like, it's Tetris meets Dark Souls. Yeah. And part of me is, like, there, well, there's two things there, which is this game looks like Dead Cells in terms of, like, very yeah. chunky pixel, but the, it's all 3D animation, but kind of, like, is emulating pixel art kind of thing. Yeah. And um, those are things that just immediately like raise my skepticism like through the roof because like people use that as an elevator pitch like constantly. And so yeah. like standing apart from that pack is so, 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 so difficult right now. Um, like hyper dense pixel art plus roguelike elements plus mm. Dark Souls elements. And it's just like, okay, you, uh, you, by doing that, you're trying to reach out to an audience, but you're trying to reach out to an audience that is already served by 57 other games this week. Yep. 
So the Tetris part of that is a nice little wrinkle, and it's actually probably one of the more interesting parts of the game. It's actually interesting because, like, for as much as it looks like Dead Cells, and Dead Cells is a game that is just, like, we talk about loot games and, like, loot-based roguelikes. As a game is rotten with loot in a very fun and interesting way, because that's the whole point, is it's just full of ridiculous different things that you can get over time. Uh, One of the problems with Loot River, which the way that it basically plays plays out is it's a top-down sort of Dark Souls-y type of game, Hades-like in a lot of ways, honestly. And you are a little guy on these platforms that are in various shapes that are, you know, vaguely Tetris to Tromino shaped size, yeah. you know, whatever. And at any point, even while you're attacking enemies or in the middle of animations and stuff like that, you can use the right stick not the stick that you use to control your character, but you can use the right stick to move those platforms as if you were like on a raft sailing in the water. Cool. And it's a really, it's really cool. Cause like the pieces like end up interlocking and then you can like jump from one piece to the next. You can only ever control the piece that you are standing on at that exact moment. You can't like smash your piece into another bigger piece and like fit it in and then um, mm, move them both. You have okay. to like get off of that piece, move, move it away. The other one. Yeah, sometimes okay. there are there are like actual like proc gen puzzles sometimes where it's like to get through this dungeon, you need to move this piece out of the way that's too big to fit in there horizontally and get this other thinner piece, like piece that's thinner horizontally and then slide that in. Mm, um, OK, so there's some of that. And yeah. it, it leads into the, the the combat stuff of like enemies can't move those pieces around so you can like one of the early things they show in one of the trailers is like, you can just like slam your raft into an area, swipe at an enemy real quick and then pull the raft back and the enemy can't follow you because they can't move the rafts around. Ah, okay. Well, that's cool. Uh, have you encountered an enemy that can do that yet? Or is Not that something? yet. Okay. Cause I, I would, I would be curious about if those systems are ever used against the player, like later in the run or something, but that also so, might be really tough to do from a, Program, pro, like a, uh, from a programming perspective, that might be actually difficult. But um, well, the the one thing that the the one bit of control I've seen enemies have over platforms is there's two things, which is um, there are these like sort of wizard enemies that instead of attacking you, they will just wait for you to uh, connect your raft to another set of rafts where they're standing on. And then they'll start channeling into the ground and creates like a lock around all ah, the platforms. Gotcha. So Every platform that is touching will effectively be glued together and you yeah. can't just like run away until you kill that wizard until you kill that guy. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Uh, there are um, also like mini bosses who will like erect big fiery gates and you can only move within those fiery gates. Oh, okay. That's cool. Now, um, this game is called <laughs> loot river. And, uh, I just, I just curious because, you know, with a, with a name like loot river, you expect like, you know, really interesting kind of loot situation. So what's the loot situation in loot river, Steven? Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Bad this, is, huh? this is so weird because there really isn't a lot of loot in this game, huh? It's so strange. It was actually one of the things that kind of pushed me away from the name the game too. Was like the name Loot River. It was, one of, it was also one of the reasons. And I this is a, like a pet theory of mine. I've been nursing for a little while here. Is that like there is some marketing data somewhere that says if you just name your game like too very, it doesn't matter how like evocative or interesting to look at or how actually serious your game is. Uh, if you just name your game two things put together, uh-huh. it 
sells better somewhere because like Loop Hero was in a similar boat where it's just like that sounds like the most generic thing I've ever heard of. And that game ended up being like really interesting and had like a lot of work put into its like atmosphere and stuff like that. And then this game is Loot River. And I was just like, there's got to be someone somewhere has said like this number goes above this line if you just like put buzzword buzzword next to each other. Yeah, it feel, um, feels like a publisher ass or PR ass decision. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like a games of a certain scale, you know, um, maybe benefit from that. Uh, the loot in the game, and so it is a roguelike, uh, like a Dead Cells, yeah. um, and you do get loot sometimes, but very, very infrequently. The first piece of loot I picked up in the game was like a new sword that was like identical to my current sword, except it did less damage. <laughs> and you only get loot like you know you for a game called loot river you would think that it would maybe like be dropping stuff like you know every couple of enemies drop something diablo style and you can yeah. just like break that stuff down at crafting materials or something but no it's like every i don't know 50th enemy maybe drops like a ring that gives you plus one dexterity and that's it like that's it. Like there, there, there are some other things. There's like a shopkeeper where you can take money. That's also a weird system too, because like you're getting money from killing enemies and from breaking like barrels and stuff like that. I have never once in the game so far gotten to the shopkeeper and had enough money to buy the thing that he is selling. Weird. Be because is, like money just doesn't drop. Is there any way to retain money between runs or no? I'm sure there's like some system somewhere along the lines, yeah. but I've not found it yet. Yeah. Uh, like a rogue legacy type of like perk right, or something like that, right, or like Charon. Right. Yeah. Um, but I've not seen anything like that. Like most of the, like the, the, I did a run just before we started the podcast today. And like, I, and I go out of my way to, to break all the vases and stuff like that and start, try to keep sure. money. And yeah. like I said, there's, there's probably some system that I've just haven't unlocked yet where you get to keep money from run to run. But like in all the runs that I've done thus far, like that one, I had, after killing every enemy that I could encounter, uh, after breaking every barrel that I could find, which is not fun, you're just sitting rolling around uh, through all the different barrels to hopefully get some, like, three gold or whatever. Yeah. I had 37 gold, and the item that the shopkeeper <laughs> was selling, the item, the, the it's always one random item sold by the shopkeeper. You can't just, like, pick. It's not like Dead Souls like that. Yeah. Um, you just, like, have to hope that it's something you want. Uh, he was selling, it was like 127 gold and I had 37. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So apparently, thanks, so thanks, I, was, loot river. <laughs> I came in all ready to talk about like, boy, there's not like any loot in this game called loot river. This is really weird. Yeah. And also it, uh, there was some other weird thing too, where it's just like, I was, I originally played on Xbox and it was like. It does the Dead Cells thing. You can definitely feel like even more Dead Cells uh, vibes and stuff where it's like, oh, if you run through the levels very quickly, you can get bonus stuff at the end, which I've never, never managed to do thus far. But like it was doing the thing where in Dead Cells, if you do that between levels, it'll pause that timer. It'll be like, OK, you need to get from level two to level three in two minutes. So yeah. ignore the enemies as much as you can and just sprint to the end to get the boon. And um Normally, when you do that in dead or in, in dead cells, rather, uh, it pauses the timer when you go to town, because every time you finish a level, you have to like go to town uh, like the, the, the it stops. there. It's the only way you can heal between runs without uh, using consumable potions, too. Yeah. Um, is you have to go into this town in dead cells when you do stuff like that and go like refill your flasks and whatnot. 
it pauses the timer. On the Xbox version of Loot River, it doesn't. And also, I wasn't retaining my, like, cells, my, like, XP points that are used to buy items back in the town on Xbox either. But then I played on PC this morning, and suddenly that stuff was, it was pausing when I played the game. And it was, Mm. so I don't know if it was, like, if the Xbox version is, like, a patch behind or if there was just a patch this morning that fixed some of that stuff. Yeah, maybe. It's so strange. Um... Yeah, like so. Apparently, this morning, um, the developers came out and said, uh, "Hey, we're sorry." <laughs> sorry. Uh, I was reading a piece on uh, Rock Paper Shotgun where they've apparently, yeah, the developers uh, Straka Studio basically came out and said uh, uh, that they messed up. Is the quote here? Um, well, with what, the but, like loot experience. Okay, but the what loot experience specifically? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Trying to mean, find the actual quote, but. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, oh, you know, it it's like you you would that's the one thing I would expect from a game like that. I would like Loot River does not convey interesting puzzle roguelike to me. Like it is you know, it's like you you could you could have river uh you could you could evoke kind of river stuff uh in your title, but you can't just say loot. You can't just throw loot in there. Um mm-hmm. So, yeah. Not, yeah, not sure what not sure what they do about that. I mean, I guess they want to put more loot in. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they. I'm looking. I'm reading the Steam post right now. I did find the link to it and they don't really they, they talk about what has been changed in the previous patches, but they don't really actually make any specific comments about like what they're it's a, we're a really tiny team with limited resources. We only play tested the game ourselves and with a small group of devoted supporters. Yeah. This was a mistake. It was our fault. And we <laughs> let you down by not realizing we're making the game so unwelcoming for new players ahead of launch. Oh, so is interesting. It, is it not, is it actually in early access though? I thought it wasn't. Uh, if it's out on Xbox, I don't think you can do that. I think it's like done. Yeah, it just says buy Loot River. I don't see anything yeah, on here that says it's early done. access. If it's if it's out on Xbox, that that's that's a I think that's kind of a done game. Well, they have the Xbox preview program now. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. But I don't know if that. I don't, I don't know, know how many do that on Game Pass. Yeah, I don't know how many games are on Game Pass that are in that kind of stage. But no. Uh, anyway. Yeah, um, I don't know. But it's an interesting game. It's cool. It's um, yeah. Published by Superhot. Yeah. Like, the super hot devs published it, I guess. Which I think is cool. I mean, that's that's the dream, right? If you do, uh, if you if you hit it big with some game that you make and you're an indie, it's like, yeah, start to start to throw some money in other indies you like. Um, so yeah. it's very cool. Um, yeah, I definitely want to check that out. Obviously, if you are an Xbox Game Pass person, you can grab that as well as games like uh, Trek to Yomi and and things like that. Those are also that's also out on Game Pass. I haven't played that yet, but um, I've heard mixed things um but uh yeah i i've been playing rogue legacy 2 uh the past day or so um i did not like the first game steven did you like the first rogue legacy uh i liked it fine um i beat it eventually uh i went back and beat it uh yeah i think it's fine i think it's i think it's a good game um it just it, it left very little impression on me, and in what yeah. it, it didn't, I think instead is basically set the blueprint for like how roguelike <laughs> to project like progression would work for the next like fifteen years. Yeah, it's funny. It's like I I don't actually have a lot of fondness for the game itself, but it it certainly 
influenced a lot of games I do like that came right after it, which right. is uh, which is cool. And and to their credit, I think they took a lot of those lessons. And Rogue Legacy Two is, in my opinion, a lot better than the first one. Oh, um, cool! And I've been having a really good time with it. I think it's it's. Um, they give you a little bit more technique out of the, you know, right out the box. You could do more stuff with your character. There's like a cool, I actually can't remember if this ever ended up in the original, but there's this cool, like, uh, like cuphead, um, like kick, kick flip off of obstacles thing that you can do in rogue legacy too. Um, like a, like a Scrooge McDuck ducktails pogo jump. Kinda. Yeah. Um, they didn't so do that in the first one is they did. I think so. I think they there was did. a pogo jump. Maybe there was okay. just one enemy. Jordan in the chat. Um, Jordan in the chat. Expert expert rogue, rogue legacy legend. person. Remind me if they did that in the first one because I don't they remember. They have the Hollow Knight pogo. But I, I do. I, I know this is that at least in the early going, they give you a lot more. Um, you can hit stuff from above and bounce on it. Yeah, this is a little bit different, I think. It's kind of, oh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. It's, it's, it, it, I'll have to go back and play the original. But... Um, I don't remember as many acrobatic uh, like levels. There's a lot more kind of movement tech. I feel like in Rogue Legacy two than um, than the first one, and I think it it also pops off in more interesting ways. At least in the early going, I've only played like I don't know five or six runs, um, but it's the same same basic premise. You basically will play an ancestor of yours every time you die. They'll have new traits and things like that. You can basically unlock a lot of permanent uh, permanent boons to your your bloodline and all of that stuff. But um, more interesting traits, just like more stuff um, overall, and sometimes more stuff doesn't necessarily translate to uh, an overall better experience. But I've, I'm having a better time with this game than I did with the original. And it also plays really well on Steam Deck. So if you're looking for mm. a Steam Deck game, it is like one of those uh, verified uh, Steam Deck games, the green check mark. It's not mixed. Uh, it is, and it works well. Um, so if you want something on the go, that's a fun roguelite. Um, that's a, that's a, it's a good one. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I've been, I've been enjoying that. I've, uh, I've, I've played a few. I will say this. Um, the, the devs of Rogue Legacy Two. If you're listening, um, I did play recently as uh, a uh, an, uh, a predecessor in my line who has the trait quote dwarfism, um, and they're very small, uh, and it does just sound like they've been shrunk by a shrink ray. And I just want to say, like, if you want to have a person run around going me me me, and they're tiny, um, just have them be shrunk by like a magician or something, and not mm. like and not have a dwarfism trait because people with dwarfism don't sound like they're uh, fucking Polly Pocket. Yeah, that's anyway. not. It's I mean, it's a little thing. It's just it's it's yeah. just it struck me as very silly though. It's like. Okay, if you're gonna call this trait dwarfism, don't make him sound like a fucking Lilliputian or whatever. Right. It's very weird. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been enjoy- I, uh, I've been digging digging that. So I always uh, liked in the first game that they like would have characters that were like gay and it was just a trait and it had zero bearing on the game whatsoever. Yeah, it was just, like, yeah. You could just look in your stats and that's yeah. all it was. Yeah, there's there's fun stuff like that. You know, like 
if you haven't played the first one, sometimes you'll get a trait that's like, you know, panic attacks. And it's like, it means that you're, you know, you, your character might be nice, you know, really strong in some ways, but they also might like, if they, if they're like, you know, 10 enemies on the screen, their stats will go down. Mm. Um, you know, stuff like that. It's just kind of funny stuff. Um, where you've got you got to be weighing the pros and cons of the runs you want to take, and it's all through this kind of lens of um, you know what we pass on, which is it's kind of fun, kind of a wink. The one I saw of from the new game that I thought was really funny was actually was um, I think it was like puritanical or something like that, where the description just read everything is lewd, and it's every <laughs> enemy in the game was just like mosaic. Oh my Maybe. god, that's really funny. I haven't seen that one yet. That's really nothing good. else changed, but yeah, uh, that's really funny. Um, yeah, but I've I've been digging it, and if you want a handheld uh, roguelike RPG, um, it's pretty good. So I, w- I would say yeah. check it out. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I played a different RPG. If we want to talk about one more, yes, it's another small game that's on Game Pass. Actually, that's why I picked it up. Um, picked it up, quote unquote. I downloaded it off of Game Pass. Uh, Citizen Sleeper, kind of a Citizen light RPG. Sleeper, yeah. yeah. I've heard really good stuff about it from uh, from f- some pretty smart folks. Uh, what what's uh, what's the deal with this one? Yeah, it's um, it, I don't know if it's it's great. I think it is good, but I don't think I think there's there's some stuff I would definitely change about it if I was working on it. Uh-huh. Uh, but it, the the basic premise of it is that you're you are like a robot sort of person who has escaped from a corporation because you are I think the they don't really go too too deep into you like the the nature of your like circumstances of like what was going on before you appear on this space station where the game takes place uh but it seems like you are a person who sold like the IP rights to their personality to a corporation um, oh interesting and then you are playing as a robot who is uh, like a copy of that personality uh, downloaded into a robot body to be like a robot slave for this corporation who has escaped onto uh, a um, space station, like this kind of like big ringed space station, a little bit like a side from Gundam or something like that. And you never really see the inside of the space station. The The whole game is played from the perspective of like you, you like orbiting around outside of it. And then like art will appear on of characters will appear on screen when you talk to them. So you're like kind of like moving your character from points of interest across the space station. And the way that it works is you every day in the game, uh, basically the game rolls a set of dice and However many dice you have, that's how many actions you can take that day. Um, okay. For All the right. most part. All right. And so it's like, okay, so I've woken up today and I had three dice. So I can use one of the dice. The I rolled a five on this die and I can go and take that over to the shipyards and I can spend that five working at the shipyards that for, for that action for that day. Yeah. And by working at the shipyards and, and rolling that, you know, if I get a success or a, uh, like a very positive success or a neutral success or a failure or whatever, I'll get different things or lose different things if it's a, if it's a failure. And it's very much like in a, like the, the vein of like a dungeon world. It's, a, it's very much pulling from the history, like the, the recent history of indie tabletop RPGs, um, things like uh, Beam Saber and uh, other games like that, where 
different situations will be marked as like dangerous, risky, or safe. And like, depending on how dangerous something is, the consequences for failure are be- are worse or the uh, consequences for success are better. Mm, okay. And so like, if you go and you roll a, f- you know, you, you go there and you roll a five or use a five, um, that means that like, oh, there's a 25% chance that this will be a full success. There's a 50% chance it'll be neutral. There's a 25% chance it'll be negative. And if it's a positive, that means like, oh, I've worked at the shipyards. I've made a bunch of money that day for, for, for that action. And also maybe there's a, you know, really positive thing will happen and it'll be like a little bonus of, hey, one of the dock workers um, shared their food with you. So you don't have to eat that day. You don't have to go buy food that day because your character is like a synthetic body, but they still have to eat. And that kind of becomes the chief um, push and pull or one of the chief pushes and pulls is like every day that you pass in the game, your energy goes down and like you Mm. need to start eating to, to fill that back up. Um, Otherwise your actions. Interesting idea to be that technologically sophisticated, but still require people to eat. Yeah. Well, it's intentional on the part (laughs) of the corporation. Yeah. 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 To Um, To make them rely on them for stuff. Basically. Yeah, that so that yeah. that becomes the real actual central issue of the okay. of the game is that your character is taking uh this drug, I think called like I think they just it's like called stabilizer or something like that. Yeah. Or it's actually very much like the Deus Ex human revolution thing of like your body is rejecting itself um because the corporation included like uh planned obsolescence in nah. your design. Yeah. So if you try to if it, robots ever try to run away, they lose access to that uh to that drug that's stabilizer and so you were like slowly dying and that drug is not sold anywhere in the galaxy uh outside of inside of this corporation Mm. because no government recognizes you robot people as people so there's no legal uh rights there's been no legal action to try and make this medicine a public um service or a public good you have to work for this corporation to get it so while you're on this space station you are like making deals with different gangs or uh, the local doctor or the dock workers and trying to find people who might be able to get you black market um, stabilizers to keep yourself from dying. Okay. Um, but that number ticks down every single day. Or if you are, uh, if you take damage from different sources, like, you know, there might be a bounty hunter guy who comes after you. And if he shoots uh. at you and you get grazed, your condition goes down. And the lower your condition is, the fewer dice you get to do actions every day. So it sounds like a real, like, you know, lighthearted jaunt. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I love that. I actually think that one of the one of the problems with the game, maybe the maybe it pulls it together by the end, is that it's a re, like it's playing with a lot of ideas that I think are like very common and very like like people like um, who honestly work in a lot of the indie tabletop RPG space. Um, these sort of systems are designed to address and and like you know they're they're systems that are specifically designed to um talk about these kinds of topics and like address and like deal with these kinds of topics but i don't think the writing itself in the game is actually that it's not toothless necessarily but it's a little predictable in that way it like it feels like and this is this is going to sound more um dismissive than i uh, than i want it to of something like friends at the table but it is it it feels like a video game that was like made by a bunch of friends at the table fans who are like we could do that too um and as such like basically the things that you think are going to happen end up happening pretty much all the time and also the game (sighs) 
the the one of the closest comparisons you can think of it from a from a gameplay design is like Disco Elysium. But like Disco Elysium has a willingness to uh, play with the sort of cosmic indifference of the universe that this game just really doesn't. There's like yeah. a part where early on I'm spoiling some of Citizen Sleeper here now, where a bounty hunter does come and try to get you. And he basically sets it up where it's like, okay, I'm not going to bring you in right away. Instead, I'm going to basically extort you for money. You're going to pay for my drinks every week. And if you don't, then I'm going to come take you in and bring okay. you over to the, the bad guys, the corporation. And there's a time, a timer starts ticking down. It's a clock, which is also very much a tabletop RPG, a modern tabletop RPG concept. That's right. like the idea of clocks ticking. And if you don't pay that guy, you know, he'll, he'll start a mess or whatever. And pretty quickly into that thing is just like the way that that story goes is the company calls him up and says that they've canceled the contract so that that, that guy does, it doesn't have a reason to, to actually just like end the game right then and there. Right. Uh, But I feel like a game like Disco Elysium is like more willing to be like, nah, you you didn't deal with this problem quickly enough and you got fucked. Uh, you should have done something better there. Disco Elysium is a game where if you start that game the right way, you can die immediately because you turn on a light bulb and your character dies of shock because he is such a bad hangover that he falls backwards and fucking dies. And then it's just like, restart the game, motherfucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Whereas this game is just like, no, we don't want to just like take that away from the player and force the player to restart or reload a save or something like that. We want to yeah. like, so there's, there's always these release valves and these, these like outs that are just like feel a little bit cheap to me that. And I think sure. the, the writing of the actual characters in the game itself can be a little bit samey at times. It was, it's actually a situation where I was like, I think it just needs a kind of a, like a flavor pass, like a punch up editor yeah. to come in and just like change up some of the characters so that they don't D- sound differentiate, so differentiate. Yeah, yeah. Differentiate some of the writing. Yeah. That makes sense. Like no, it's a, it's a, and I don't know where this game was made. So it might just be like a language uh, thing or like a translation type thing, but um, no character in the game ever uses contractions um, or. Con- hmm, interesting. So like everybody, whether they're like a, like a gang leader down in the sort of like small area that is like trying to keep, or in like the slums area that is like trying to keep order down there and trying to keep, you know, people fed and whatever to like a big, like shitty corpo, uh, spy guy. They all talk very formally and no- nobody ever says don't, they say do not. And they don't say can't, they say cannot, cannot. And, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's like that sort of stuff. And it might not be something that is like super obvious or a huge deal to other people, but like as an editor, like my brain is just like, that person should talk different than this <laughs> other person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there any sort of narrative thread that would explain why everyone would talk the same way or no? No, not that I've seen. No, it just like, it just, I don't know. There, there is something where it's just like, this feels like a game that was again, like made to deal with certain themes, but does not have the, the chutzpah, you know, to fucking like really bring it home and just like have a bunch of really actually interesting complex relationships with different characters along the sides and stuff like that. The way that something like Disco Elysium or, and I haven't beaten Norco yet, but like something like Norco where it'll just be like, here's this completely meaningless, otherwise completely meaningless interaction with these characters over here that literally just exists to add flavor to the world. Yeah. Everything in Citizen Sleeper is there to like tell you about mm. what the people making this game feel about the world. Gotcha. Yeah. I gotta have some of that flavor. That's yeah. just personal, but yeah. 
Okay. It's a very well, good looking game. It's yeah. it's, it's pretty breezy. Right. It's still, not it's not hard. I still hear good things. Um I, I we there was a Nintendo Indies uh live this week. Um we don't have to go through everything because I think a lot of stuff frankly was not that interesting to me, honestly. Um but there was one I did want to pick your brain about. It's called Another Crab's Treasure. Uh and it's <laughs> and it and it is a uh it is a uh, undersea Dark Souls game, but it everything is like a cartoony crustacean. And you basically have to find shells in the world made out of trash uh, to bolster your defenses, or it's like a one-hit kill. Um, so you have to like basically get, you know, get other shells. I think those shells can break, or when you die, they disappear. It's kind of unclear. Um, but it looks like a very like humorous and more you know aesthetically cutesy game that is apparently difficult like dark souls um oh it's from the bakers of a hegro crab yeah which is it's funny. the it's the agro crab uh, agro crab people um so yeah that's the one that i saw on the indie showcase this week that i was like okay i like Elden Ring is amazing. Game of the year. Not even close. No one's going to come close to being it. We all know that. Um, but, you know, it's it can be an oppressively gloomy game, right? Oh, and yeah. I think it's like, it's very, very good at that. And so it's not unwelcome. But I uh, I'm, I watched this trailer and I was like, oh, okay. I could really go for like a, a lighthearted Souls-like game. <laughs> totally. So, this looks cute as hell. I yeah. This has the exact opposite thing that I was just complaining about with Loot River, where it's like all of those Souls-like games, either they, they do like, what if we did an indie version of Dark Souls, or it's what if it looked like Dead Cells, where it's like uh-huh. hyper-dense pixel yep. art. And this is like, no, we're taking some of those ideas, like dodge rolls and stuff like that, but like this is a totally different aesthetic, totally different idea. They're doing fun stuff with it. I'm like seeing pictures here where they're like the crab is wearing a can on its back uh-huh. and it's like using the can, like hiding inside the can yep. to block and stuff. Yep. Yeah, it looks really cute. It's like if, <sighs> fuck, if fucking Sebastian from Little Mermaid snapped. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, I don't know, it looks really cool. So that was that's definitely one that stood out to me to, uh, like, this week cool traversal stuff in here where you're like yeah. climbing the walls. This looks cool. Yeah, it looks, it looked cool as hell. Like it looked and it looked, you know, whenever we've had like a quote unquote indie dark souls game, the, the, the overall mechanics are, are fairly simple. Right. And no one's really taking any sort of major chances, but there are big like traversal swings that it looks like this game is taking, which yeah. I, I think is interesting. So it'll be interesting to see how verticality plays in and, and whatever. But I was really surprised that a game called another crab's treasure would be uh, introducing like new wrinkles to a dark, a dark souls formula. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I don't know. I thought it was a, a, a definitely that's now very much on my radar for uh, next year or, or whenever, whenever that's coming out. Hell yeah, I'm excited for this now. I, I missed the indie showcase this morning, so that's actually super cool that you brought that up to me. Yeah, I think um, I, I think it's all uh, the stuff that we saw was pretty cool, but it it all looks pretty samey. I mean, like there's a game called uh, uh, Wayward 
Oh, no, that's definitely not what it's called. I wrote, I think I wrote this down wrong. There's no way it's called that. Uh, Wayward Strand. I wrote Wayward Strange because you know what? I've got Doctor Strange on the ah. brain. The doctor is in, baby. I've, I'm have i now four for four talking about Doctor Strange on strange podcasts pilled. this week. I've been strange-pilled. Go see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It's quite good. And anyone that tells you it's not is probably some sort of narc for MCU movies because it's a better one of those than... There has been in a long time. Anyway, um, I might go see it on your recommendation. I, I think it's pretty good. Like I, if you, you know, it's like it's pretty good. I like I it. Watched a fucking the the last Marvel thing I watched was Shang Chi, and that was just because it was my birthday, and I was in yeah. Providence with Nikki, and we just went to the IMAX to have something to go watch. You and know, it was pretty. It was fine. Yeah, real really good first hour of that movie. I feel like. yeah, totally. Yeah, when it was really about good. fighting and not just CG monsters yeah. when swishing was, together. Yeah, when there was real fight choreography going on, that, that yeah. movie fucking ruled. Yeah, yeah, fucking um, ruled. And then in the last half of that movie, it's just it like falls apart, boring as fuck. Yep. Um, but uh, Way, but, Wayward yeah. Strand is like your. You know, it's like I, I hate to be dismissive of these, but it's like I've we've seen a lot of them. It's like you're a girl in a hospital and you're like getting to know the patients and you you know, their schedules and you're just unlocking narratives and it looks kind of interesting. I like I like live schedule kind of NPC games. I think that's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, but it's just like, you know, it's a narrative game. Cult of the Lamb, we've seen a little bit of that. I'm just reading some notes now, but it's like for sure that's like a you know, base building game. But you also go out and do rogue like stuff, so that's, that's pretty straightforward. Uh, Batora Lost Haven, that's a game that looks pretty. It's it's a pretty game. It's kind of an isometric action RPG uh, with some character stuff in it. And Gumbrella looks pretty cool. It's like uh, they called it noir punk and you have uh, a titular gunbrella. It's basically a gun that also has an umbrella on it. You use the umbrella to do like dashes and floats and blocks and stuff. So it's kind of a cool, cool thing. There's some light RPG stuff there. So that's what was in the indie world that looked RPG adjacent. Um hmm. But another crab's treasure was definitely the standout for me. I was like, I wanna I wanna play that game right now. Um, yeah. I could yeah. go for that. Yeah. Oh, well. Yes, yeah. can do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we've been going for a little bit over an hour. We have. I think we neat. should wrap. I think we should wrap, but I do want to ask you one thing, Steve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you checked the news channel in Slack? Because don't, if you have. Oh, well. Have you? I, I'm looking at it now. Damn it. Are you talking about... Ember Storia overwrite? Yeah, I was going to ask you what what Square Enix had just uh, filed. They filed ah. a trademark called Ember Storia overwrite. So Nikki filed this trademark, right? Like, like as uh-huh. a joke, Nikki pretended to be Square Enix uh-huh. and like said, you know what would be really funny is if I made up one of those fake names uh-huh. for them and then did it in their name and then they didn't even know it. And then uh-huh. everybody thought it was real and because it, uh-huh. it's a joke because it's actually not real. Uh-huh. Anyway, go read that article that Nikki <laughs> compiled about all the fucked up names that Square Enix could have as none of them are... Uh, are as fucking insane as Ember Storia overwrite, I feel like. Um, 
Anyway, you can go. You can go with the outro. I just wanted. To, I, I I had to mention it because it is absolutely going to be a name of some RPG. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it'll be like the in that vein. It'll be by Tokyo RPG Factory uh-huh, or whatever. Uh huh. Uh huh. Jeez, Square Enix in a weird fucking. We didn't even talk about how Square Enix fucking sold Deus Ex and all that shit. Oh, we talked about that for an hour last week. You weren't here. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode. Of <laughs> that was the entire episode Potions. last week, Stephen. Come on. And you don't even listen, listen to, to the show. It's fine. Apparently not. I was I, on I, Giant Bomb. I know. You were busy. You were doing that's where cool Imran stuff. Is. Yeah, that's where Imran no, is, no, by the way. Yeah. Normally, we make a joke about how people are on the International Space Station, but it's like, you can just watch Imran doing whatever he's doing. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's on he's on the Giant Bomb show uh, from space, so it's really oh, yeah, interesting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they got all the pipes up there. It's really neat. It's um, great. Anyway. Well, thank you, John. Oh, you're welcome. Of course. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me over on Twitter.com at FloppyAdult if you're so inclined. Awesome. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Stevenstrom, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M. You can find our wonderful producer, Jordan, who does this show every single week at Jordan underscore Mallory on Twitter. You can also go and tell a friend about 99 Potions. 99 Potions is a really, really fun show. It's one of the highlights of my week to do. And if you want to share that with other people, word of mouth is actually still one of the best ways that we can grow. It's been a while since I've uh, reminded people of that, but it actually is, I think, one of the actual, like people will tell you, like podcast people who are like way smarter than me will say, like the word of mouth is actually like the best thing you can do because the algorithm stuff is like a complete garbled mess at this point. It doesn't really matter. So you just have to tell people about it. And if you have any friends out there who might be interested in a show where we talk about RPGs and things that we claim are RPGs against our better judgment, uh, go ahead and tell them. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your dog. In the meantime, we like to sidle up on over to the bar. Why is it a bar? Why why is it a bar that sells potions? Why did we decide on that? Why isn't it like a secret laboratory? A laboratory. It could be a secret laboratory. I was just improvising the first time. We like to sink down into the depths of our hmm. secluded citadel oh, okay. and fall into the pit, oh. taking the chains down, down into the gross and horrible oubliette. Oh. Okay. okay. Where we keep our most potent potions. Okay. So we take a big old sip But before we do that, we hold it to each other and say... Thank you.